Thank you for listening to this message from Southridge Community Church, located in Clinton, New Jersey. We hope God speaks to you through this message today and that you find new ways to apply His Word to your life. Additional messages and more information can be found on southridgecc.org. So let's get started. I'm going to invite Dan and Ellie McLean with, uh, with me this morning. Uh, we had actually scheduled this interview with Dan and Ellie McLean for a couple of weeks ago. Just with all, everything happening, it kind of got bumped and moved and postponed. And, and here we are officially this morning. So glad to have Dan and Ellie with us. If you could uh, join me in welcoming them, that'd be awesome. Uh, Dan and Ellie are official ministry partners of Southridge. Uh, we often talk that a significant part of our income goes to our partners all over the world. Uh, Japan, Italy, Zimbabwe, Mexico. Uh, Dan and Ellie actually serve in Cologne, Germany. Uh, their primary ministry there is serving refugees. And in, in a season where much of our year in giving was focused on refugees as well, I really valued this time to interact with them about how they even see that verse of Isaiah 9, 6, the names of Jesus, kind of intersecting with their lives, as well as intersecting with their ministry. So Dan and Ellie, just really, really thrilled to, even though we uh, struck out a couple times having you here, it's awesome that you're here and look forward to interacting with you guys so much. So thank you for being here. It's just, we're, we are blessed with phenomenal ministry partners, folks. Um, first, just to tell us a little bit about who you each are your personal backstories. So if someone doesn't know you, we can get to know you. Sure. Uh, first, thanks. We, we were so much looking forward to, to this time together. And we love Southridge. It's truly, we, we see you as being with us um, wherever we go in, in Cologne, Germany, um, through your prayers and your support and being there. Um, yeah, we just really are grateful for you all as, as our partners there. Um, yeah, so thanks. Um, my background, I grew up um, outside of Philadelphia. Um, one thing that I'm really, really thankful for is that in my family, from a really young age, um, my parents introduced me to the world abroad. Um, we, we didn't travel that much, um, but we had people into our homes, whether it was missionaries, we had a lot of international students um, come into our home and to, to experience what it it was like in an American's home, but then also for me as I was growing up to see people from all over the world that had different cultures and, and came from different places. Um, and that, I think, was a gift that God gave me early on. And partly through that, partly through seeing my older siblings travel to different parts of the world to serve God, um, he started leading me in that way until it came to the point that in, in my 20s, um, God led me to Central Asia. Um, I moved there to do community development work as a follower of Jesus, showing his love to, to those that um, he put in my, in my path. And that's where I met Ellie. Um, and so we served together there. I was there for about eight years, and Ellie was there a little bit less than that. Um, and then God brought us back to the States um, and to where we are now. And I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. So that's, that's my backstory. Well, I grew up as a missionary kid in uh, Germany, and I remember um, in the third grade really struggling a lot with uh, 
how God was going to use the gifts that he had personally given me. I grew up in a very academic culture. And so as an, as a little kid that liked to draw on the walls and on everything else, I didn't know what God was going to do, but I, I felt he was calling me at a young age um, to Central Asia and in high school specifically, I knew where he wanted me to go, but I was too afraid to go. And, um, and yet God kept leading me in that uh, direction as a, a young person to really trust him and follow his plan for my life. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're doing now, your place of ministry and, and what that ministry looks like. Um, yeah, so, so right now um, we're living um, in Germany. We're here in the States for a year from July, this past July, and we're going back to Germany this coming July. Um, but we've been four years living in Cologne, Germany, working with refugees through a local, a small local church that we're engaged with. Um, and that can be wide. People sometimes ask me what a normal day looks like, and I can't answer them because there is no normal days. Um, but um, it could be helping people move into a new apartment, trying to help them find a new apartment and move into it, um, refugees. Um, it could be teaching English. It can be helping with homework. A lot of the refugees, um, their goal eventually is to get a job and enter normal life in Germany. But to get a job, a lot of them have to go through high school again in Germany and learn to be able to, to cross all of the, the marks off that they need to get a job. So it's a lot of... Um, random things to help people. Ellie's involved in art classes with women, as well as many of the other things I already just talked about. Um, and our, our goal is to really show Jesus' love to people, to help them integrate into German society, and to um, just see Jesus' plan worked out in their life to give them a future and a hope. Yeah. As I mentioned, we're in this series, uh, His Name Will Be Called. And again, it just really has freshly impacted me this season. Um, just the richness of each one of those names. Uh, Wonder Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. As you hear of those names, think about those names, is there any particular one that jumps out at you in terms of your life experiences, what you've been through that, that you want to particularly highlight for us? Yeah, um, I think for me, I, I would say the idea of the Prince of Peace is extremely powerful. Um, we all going through life have different times where we're more at peace or less at peace, but the situations God's led us to, we've seen and been involved in places where there was absolutely no peace on any level, whether that is spiritual, um, physical peace, there's there's war and fighting um, and just a lot of heartache. Um, a lot of that lack of peace comes from us separating ourselves from others. We, we, wherever we are in the world, we divide ourselves into tribes. Um, and, and my tribe is, is, can't work with your tribe and, and we insulate ourselves. And whether that's political, whether that's um, uh, ethnic, whether, whatever it is, that's, I think, part of the sin nature that we have, that we separate ourselves. And one of the things that I see with this name, the Prince of Peace, is that he's coming to break down those barrier walls of division and to um, create peace between these different groups. Um, a really cool 
picture of that that I, I was able to experience when we were in Central Asia. At that time, there, were, uh, there was a tiny church that would come to my house on Thursdays and, and meet together. And uh, this was myself and four young men. But each of those young men were from a different ethnic tribal group that have hundreds of years of history of fighting with each other and hating each other. Mm. And so there was a Pashto, a Hazara, a Tajik, and um, an Uzbek all together that loved each other and were worshiping Jesus together. And that I just keep looking back at that picture of heaven there of no barrier between these, these young men and that their bond together as brothers in Christ were so much more powerful. And yeah, that's what I look forward to, that, that Prince of Peace that, that, brings, um, that breaks through these different groups and brings people together in his name. Truly radical, actually. Like, we, we so glibly say, ah, Prince of Peace, move on. But man, that's just, it's just absolutely turns the whole world upside down. It's really powerful. For me, I really connected to when Nathan talked about Wonderful Counselor and how his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And it felt very personal because I remember uh, growing up in Germany where it's very academic and really questioning why God had created me the way he had and watching him prepare me for each step of the way um, as I was trying to trust him. And I remember... Uh, feeling like he was calling me um, to serve him, um, but I wanted to put conditions on it. I wanted to t tell him where I, I should go. As an artist, as a female, blonde, the Muslim world, in my mind, was really not an option. And, and yet he kept putting that on my heart, kept pushing me in that direction, kept closing all the other doors. And it actually really frustrated me for a long time and, and was a real struggle. And it was amazing to watch how he just kept leading me, kept holding my hand practically as I uh, trembled and shook as he was asking me to go to a war zone, which I felt like was such a terrible idea. And um, But it was amazing to see how he kept preparing me and even to, to meet Dan in Afghanistan and start a family and to be able to um, point back to the fact that I had nothing to do with it, that it was his ways and his thoughts. And uh, I remember uh, in 2006, I was in Cologne helping a church there. And I began to pray, actually, that he would send me there because I could speak the language, I knew the culture, and hear all these people from Iraq and Afghanistan and all these different places that I had a heart for were already there. So this was a great idea. This was a practical idea. Um, but I remember also praying, God, take that away if that's not your plan. But this is a great idea. Like, this just makes more sense. It's safer. And he said no, and he sent me to where they came from. And I was, I was so humbled by that. And actually, when we came then back um, from there and were looking to help refugees in Europe, we went to Cologne. And we were walking through the city as somebody was taking us on a tour. And we passed by that, the cafe where I had been praying. And I had totally forgotten about that experience. And I stopped down and I was like, I prayed here. I prayed that God would allow me to serve here. But he said no. <laughs> and then he called us to come back there. So he gave it back. It was just an amazing 
thing to be able to look back and see how he was directing and planning. And, and even though it didn't seem like a great idea to me, I, at that point, then had the language, had the culture, had met a husband, had a family, and all these pieces came together. And then he gave it back to me to be able to serve there in Germany. So it was just a very humbling experience to watch him yeah. be a wonderful counselor. It's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Uh, we, we mentioned throughout the series that these four names are throne names of God. And certainly like every single government on earth, uh, as long as it's has fallen human beings is, is corrupt and there's challenges. And at the same time, we are blessed to live in a country where uh, we do have a government that generally functions and, and we can do life. Uh, in places that you've been, uh, you've been in extremely broken places. Uh, you now are in Cologne, Germany, and you serve people who are often from those broken places. And they're the victims of political violence and just their whole lives are upended. And I just can't imagine the kind of longing that that must create in you to say like, wow, we just long for a day when the government's on Jesus' shoulders rather than on our shoulders. Uh, just tell us a little bit about that, what you see. And, uh, and again, not that any place is perfect, but especially uh, the brokenness that you witness in places that are just torn apart and, and, and lives are disrupted and broken uh, because of incredible corruption and violence and brutality um, and, and the longing that brings for the government to be on Jesus' shoulders. Uh, there's so many stories that go through my mind when I think about um, the broken places where we've been and seen really corruption and um, heartache. But probably the one that sticks out the most to me was when I was working in a women's prison in our city. Um, I went uh, hoping to uh, help them process the trauma that they had uh, experienced. And I learned their stories. I listened as they talked and shared who they were, where they came from, about their families. And I realized that a lot of the reasons why these women actually were um, imprisoned were, were not for reasons that we here would recognize as legitimate. A lot of them, for example, there was a 16-year-old girl who I connected to, and the reason she was there was her family actually brought her to pressure her to... Um, she had to stay there basically until she agreed to marry a 60-year-old man. And um, so she was there um, until she basically gave in. And another one that I connected to um, had actually been attacked by a man, and um, she um, ended up killing him in self-defense, and so she was there for life. And so uh, it just really... Um, planted a seed in my heart to, to yearn for, to, to long for restoration where Jesus comes and makes things right. He brings justice. He brings um, healing to very dark and broken places in the world. Like Ali said, there are so many stories of, that we've heard of injustice, of refugees fleeing, of being separated from their families, put in prison on the way trying to just find safety and it results in being separated from their families and in prison um, and just 
incredible hardness that people live through, yearning for something better. And um, even, even when they arrive in, in Germany, uh, Germany has this reputation of having accepted so many refugees, and many are very happy about that and want to help them. We, we run into Germans all the time that are interested in what we're doing and would like to be involved. But at the same time, um, there's resistance to that as well. One of the things that um, this is really sad. One of our uh, a coworker that that we work with, she has a job doing um, cultural um, training with police recruits who will become part of the police force in our state in in Germany, and she just runs into it time and time again. Although there are some that are really there and wanting to serve, there's a, a, an undercurrent of right-wing radicalism in the police force that is anti-immigrant and is just filled with a lot of hatred. And it's just so sad to see that the, the, these people who are called to protect and serve that are just broken. And yeah, there's that longing to see the time where Jesus will be the one protecting and serving and Jesus will be the one that provides that peace yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the um, probably it was actually a couple of years ago we dove into the whole like refugee immigration thing, and there's a lot of nuances there that we're not going to get into this morning. Often we kind of conflate those things, but there's there, there's a lot of different things happening there. And again, we kind of, kind of like leave that where it is. Um, when it comes to, to refugees, uh, they're often the unseen, the forgotten, the easily overlooked. Uh, tell us a little bit about the importance of, of loving and serving them in Jesus' name and the, the difference that that makes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that one of the things that are, that's really important that we've seen is that um, refugees come to a new place. Um, everything is different. And they don't understand it at all. Um, they're trying to learn. But a lot of times, it, it's very hard to break in and to find people that will help them learn. And they end up eventually find, building their own little tiny communities of people just like them. And there's these insular walls that form, keeping them from the culture around them. And that's sad. There's not, it's not desired that way. Many of them want to engage and in, be involved with those around them, um, but it doesn't. It ends up working against that. And so, one of the things that we've seen is that we can be um, minister peacemakers, uh, bridges between cultures, and we've been able to do that in Germany. I, I remember one one thing that's so cool is we started a volleyball group and in the park in the summer. Um, it, it was during COVID times, but we were able to meet um, and play volleyball together outside outdoors. And there was at one time, I think it was eight different nationalities that were all on this volleyball court playing together, together with Germans, um, just enjoying life and, and building relationships that um, resulted one of them. That there was a, a Moroccan guy that met a guy from Iraq that was trying to get into information technology as a job and he didn't know what he was doing. And so the Moroccan guy started tutoring him and just these connections that were made um, and building community. And through that building community, um, especially as we involve ourselves and other believing Germans in this group, 
our lives as we're following Jesus, they just, Jesus' love comes out and is, is visible. And so, yeah, we, we are really excited about that. One just quick story about loving and serving is um, my friend Muhammad. He told me this story as we were on our way to a doctor's appointment for him, and I was going to be translating for him from Persian into German. And he told me about his time that he was stuck in Greece for two years, two, two and a half years apart from his family. His family had made it to Germany, but he was stuck in Greece, um, away from his wife and his son. And he was living with other Afghans in this refugee camp. And there's this group that was coming and was providing services for the, the people, whether it was things that they needed, food or clothing, um, training in, in English or, or Greek. Um, and the others around him were telling him, no, don't get involved with these people because I know I've heard from them. They're, they're infidels, they're Christians, they're these evil people, and they're going to corrupt us if we, if we engage with them. So just, just don't, don't, don't get involved with them. And my friend Muhammad kept observing and seeing these people coming and the things that they were doing. And he went to their center that was in the city and he, he, he started just really enjoying and um, loving what he saw from these people. And he told me as we were talking about this, he eventually came to the point that he was asking himself, I, here I am, I, I've been in so many different Muslim countries on my way to get here, and nobody, none of my brothers were, were treating us well. They were only out for themselves, and no one was taking care of us. But then here I am, and there's these infidels, these Christians, that I've heard so much bad about, that they're the ones that are showing love and care and concern. And I, I just was asking myself, he, he told me, maybe... Maybe I should become an infidel too if this is the way that they act. Mm. And so that was just an amazing story of how wow. seeing how Jesus' love can break down through barriers and um, can help people experience life fully. And he, he still hasn't made that jump yet. He's not an infidel yet, as far as I know. But he's on that journey, and we've had many mm. spiritual conversations as he continues to experience Jesus' yeah. love. Truly amazing. Uh, just lastly, um, maybe kind of a macro question and then a micro one. What do you, what do you see God doing in the world of, of like refugees and, and where's that headed? And then also, um, you're going to be with us, uh, through July, you're headed back in July and hopefully we'll get to hear from you before you head back. Uh, but what, what can we as a congregation be praying for you? Uh, even in this next six months before July, and then also as you anticipate returning, how can we be praying for, for you guys? Um, what do we see worldwide? Oh, um, so um, I think um, the world is kind of coming to us in Cologne, so we get little bits and pieces from all over, and we hear all of their journeys and 
even with uh, Muhammad's story to, to hear about how he was in Greece and met people that we had actually served with in Central Asia and knew very well that he had met them. And then we, we um, met him in Cologne um, just to watch God just weaving all these stories. And you just don't know what part you're going to play mm. in all those uh, lives. And, but it's so amazing to just see how God is over all of it. And uh, in my art classes, it's just such a privilege to watch them come through the door. And uh, they're all from different tribes, different nationalities, and they're serving each other tea and they're hugging on each other. Mm. They're loving each other. They're helping each other find jobs or if they need more extra help for school or, or translation and things like that. They're, they're just helping each other and becoming a community in a space that um, is Jesus's space. Wow. And so... Uh, I, there, a couple of them have commented that they they come with all these struggles and all these burdens, all these pressures to learn German, and then they have to learn English, and then they have to learn chemistry, and then they have to do all these things that some of them are just learning how to read for the first time as adults. And they come into our space, and this one lady in particular said, it's like we're carrying these things, and they melt off of us mm -hmm. as we walk through the door. And there is a spirit in this place. And it gave me an opportunity to share with her that I believed that that was Jesus in this wow. space, that he was showing her how much he loves her and wants to know her by name. And she said, that's exactly what it is. I come here. I'm not just a refugee, but my name is Zahra, and I have mm. a story. I have a family. I have aches and pains and heartache. I have night terrors, and, and I have dreams, and I have things that I want to accomplish and do. And in this space, I am a person, and, and I'm known. Wow. And so it's such a privilege to be a part of that, really feeling like you're watching God just moving and doing, and, and you get to play a little part of that as uh, he's really um, the hands and feet. So... That's awesome. And what can we pray for you um, about? Pray for this space. So um, the space Ellie was talking about, um, we have a community center called the Living Room. That's something that we set up shortly before we came back to the States. We have friends that are, are working with refugees now in that space. Um, but we really look forward to the in, in increased opportunities that we expect to have in that place and that people will see Jesus as they walk through that, those doors, um, that they will ex experience his life in the living room. Um, also, uh, we've been asked recently to join a leadership team. Um, we're seeing those um, throughout our organization that are working in uh, Muslim, predominantly Muslim areas. And so that's a, another level of um, responsibility. We'll be doing that part-time. Um, as we continue with our normal stuff. We need a lot of wisdom for that. Um, it's only with his help that we'll be able to do that well. And so pray for us as we try to help um, provide member care, um, provide support for many others that are, are working with our organization and also those that are beginning on their journey towards working in these areas. Um, that, yeah. And then also for our kids, um, Erin and Tabea. Um, it's hard sometimes moving from place mm. to place regularly and leaving friends behind and um, trying to finish school here. And it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot for them. Yeah. So keep them in mind. 
Thank you for that. We're going to ask Dan and Ellie to stand with me. Um, and I'm also going to invite Carlos and Sandy Rios up. Uh, we are really blessed at Southridge to have extraordinary ministry partners. And uh, it's honestly not too often that we have uh, two of our couples in the same room on a Sunday morning. They're in other places of the world, uh, serving in other places. So uh, this is Carlos and Sandy. You might remember if you're with us in the fall, uh, hearing Carlos speak back in September. Uh, Carlos and Sandy are going to be leaving this week, actually on Tuesday, back to Guadalajara, Mexico, for their final term of service there uh, before they officially retire. So it's really a blessing to have uh, Carlos and Sandy with us as well. And again, I'm just uh, extremely thankful for the extend ministry partners that we at Southridge are able to have. And I'm just thankful and humbled uh, for our small part in each of their ministries and the blessing that is for us as a congregation. Uh, in a minute, we're going to uh, have a season of prayer, and I'll, I'll explain that in a little bit. Uh, but first, you're going to hear a song and watch a song by John and Valerie Guerra, who are going to be here again next Saturday and Sunday. And just a song that talks about the significance of loving those who maybe are on the peripheral of our culture, that God's kingdom works in an upside down way. It does not work among the powerful. It does not work top down. It works life on life, one on one. And so, you know, our, our, those are extend ministry partners who serve in other places of the world. Many would probably say, like, why are you wasting your lives doing what you're doing? Uh, but in the kingdom of God, that is not wasting our lives. It's how the kingdom of God works. And so we just kind of want to dedicate this song uh, to our ministry partners here with us this morning. Uh, take a look at it and just let it wash over you. Shining from your face Oh, 
always long to see this place Is there somewhere I can stay Even just a couple days Let's sit on a pole who had nothing to Blessed are the moments who are crying alone. Blessed are the guilty who have nowhere to go. For their hearts have a road to the kingdom of God. And their souls are the songs of the kingdom of God. And they will find a refuge. But this is the kingdom of God The Lord is our shepherd We shall not want In valley or pastures We shall not want our cup runneth over and over for now and forever, for now and forever. The Lord is a shepherd, we shall not want in valley or pasture. invite you to stand with me as we pray. And again, friends, we are passionate here at Southridge about extending God's love to those who are often forgotten, those who are on the peripheral. God calls us here in this room to do that where he's planted us in our location. It's called Carlos and Sandy to do that in Guadalajara, Mexico. It's called Dan and Ellie and their children do that in Cologne, Germany. And so 
together as the family of God. We love, we serve, we bring the message of God's grace to those who are forgotten, to those who maybe don't seem like they're powerful, to those who are on the peripheral. Uh, as I said, Carlos and Sandy are going to be uh, retiring at the end of this term. And so I asked them to pray for Dan and Ellie, uh, still serving in the heart of their ministry years of service. It's kind of a blessing to have some seasoned and veteran folks uh, pray for Dan and Ellie. Then I'll close and pray for uh, Dan and Ellie as well as Carlos and Sandy as they head back to Mexico. Uh, for their final term before retirement. So please pray with us. Let's lift these prayers to the God of heaven and uh, let's join our hearts together. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for making us part of your family because we can call you Father and you are the best Father in the world. Father, our prayers are the Dan and Elin will be able to finish well their home assignment. They have six months left. We pray for protection. We pray that you will continue to guard their hearts so that they can go back and continue with the ministry that you have given to them. We also pray, Father, that they will be able to get some rest before they go back. And also more training as they want to be better tools for you to use. And Father, we pray that this uh, community center, the living room ministry, will continue to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the truth, which is you. You are the truth, the only truth. I pray, Father, that many more people will become infidels and followers of you and faithful to you. I pray that many more people will come and recognize you as their wonderful counselor, their mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Also, I wanna pray for the girls as they go through so many changes. They made friends and then they had to say goodbye to their friends. I pray that you will help them in the rest of the school year so that they will be able to do a good job too. Thank you again for the beautiful ministry and the many people that they have been reaching for your kingdom. I pray these things in your name. Amen. God, thank you for this moment that we have in this room for those who are joining us in prayer in line. Thank you for Dan and Ellie, their two daughters. God, only eternity will tell us of the impact of their service for you. Only in eternity will we truly see that you are a wonder counselor, that you're a mighty God, you're an everlasting Father, that you're the Prince of Peace. So strengthen them as they serve, as they lead other teams. Thank you for Carlos and Sandy. Thank you for their many years of 
dedicated and focused service, planting churches, helping people to come to know you. We pray for Carlos and Sandy this very week as they head out on a plane for Guadalajara, Mexico. Pray your hand would be on them. God, I pray for this final term of service in Mexico. May you cause it to be fruitful. May you cause the work of their hands to have great impact for the kingdom of God. We pray for their church. We pray that you would provide a Mexican pastor to continue to lead even after Carlos and Sandy are gone. We pray for people to lead in areas of worship, for people who can sing and play instruments, for people to train and bring up others as leaders and mature followers of Jesus. God, may you be supernaturally at work to empower that community of people to continue to expand and grow. We pray for the need for a building, whether that's buying their present one or renting, that you would, your hand of direction would be clear in providing a place for them to meet. We pray for spiritual growth and maturity in those who are followers of Jesus. We pray that new people would come to embrace you as their savior, that more people would enter into the life of Christ pray especially for young people and children that you would bless their congregation with growth in those areas we pray for their return this week that the adjustments would go smoothly that as they hit the ground that they would be able to reacclimate reorient dive back into ministry and God that you would cause this last term for them to be fruitful and beautiful they would enjoy it that the richness of your blessings and mercy would be toward them especially in this final season give them guidance as well as they plan for retirement and what that looks like as they will continue to desire to serve you wherever you place them next God again thank you that We are your family. We are your people. Empower us by your Holy Spirit to follow after you and to love and serve people that you call us to love and serve. Thank you that you are wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it's in the name of Jesus' name that we pray this. And everyone who agreed said, amen. Why don't you join with me in just celebrating Dan and Ellie and Carlos and Sandy. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, God bless you. Have a safe drive home. Thanks again for being here.